Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. I am joined by Chris Harrington. Hi, Chris. Stu, good morning. Uh, Chris, looking back on Saturday and yep. a disappointing defeat for Argyle. We sat, we sat on the uh, on the show last week and we spoke about how the Bristol Rovers game was hopefully going to be a, a sort of building block for Argyle and, you know, a basis from which they can kick on. And yep. it just didn't happen on Saturday. No, it didn't. And I think one of the most disappointing things about Saturday was that, you know, having got a decent point against Bristol Rovers, you would have hoped Argyle would have come out all guns blazing, taken the game to Blackpool, got on the front foot and um, you know gone on and won the game. Um, but it, it wasn't that at all. Uh, Blackpool were um, confident, they started the game well, they were on the front foot and it wasn't a surprise when they, when they took the lead. Um, you could argue it was a little bit of good fortune about the sort of uh, the, the, the way the ball went in the net with Cullen redirecting a shot, an initial shot, but, you know, they got into a good position, they took the lead, and, um, you know, any time you're um, at home and you're playing against the team that's on a reasonable run of form and they've got the lead, they are going to be difficult to break down. Um, it was reminiscent to the Peterborough United game um, a few weeks earlier where Argyle started slowly. They were 2-0 down early on against Peterborough, could easily have been the same against Blackpool. Scott Wooten on as a substitute made one really important block. Um, and, and Argyle could have been 2-0 down against Blackpool within 20 minutes. And um, you can't start home games like that. They're going to have to play better from the first kick-off at home. And certainly in all four games that they've played at home Park this season, they've been very inconsistent during those games. They've had spells where they've looked half-decent, but they've also held spells in all of those games where they've been pretty poor. And so there's no consistency in terms of the performance at all at the moment, and hence you know the results and being bottom of the table at the moment. Yeah, is that a common theme so far this season? Is the way that Argyle have started games? They just, I mean, you know, when you're not scoring goals, the last yep. thing you want to do is concede an early goal. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I think of the the Southend and Wickham games where they actually started quite well, um, but weren't able to maintain that. The, the Wickham game, the first half, was probably the best they've played all season. The Tuesday night game at Wickham, and uh, they could have been further ahead at half time. They weren't, and then as the second half went on, Wickham came into the game and got got the late equaliser. Which, you know, in hindsight, that was quite a, a costly goal for Argyle to concede because if they'd won that night, still relatively early on the season, although it wasn't a great performance, they'd have got that first win. But we're in that territory now where every game takes on that added significance because Argyle has still haven't won. Yeah. And um, it's all people are talking about, and inevitably people are going to talk about. You know, it's eight games into the season, you haven't got a win on the board, so every time you play a game, you are now going to be asked, or is it, are Argyle going to get the first win this week? Or, you know, and, and if they don't, well, it's another game, and then the number gets bigger and bigger, and um, it's a bit of a vicious circle, isn't Absolutely, it? So they, yeah. they do need to uh, snap out of it as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, no, it just you know they, they finished 
the game, you know, they, they had a real good go at Blackpool in the closing 15-20 minutes. Um, I thought, you know, the Devonport end was sort of roaring them on, almost like trying to, you know, draw Argyle forward and, and you know, they could have nicked a, a late equaliser, but, you know, you can't start games the way that Argyle did against Blackpool and, you know, expect to win games, as simple as that. It's getting to that stage of the season as well where, you know, we were speaking before we recorded the podcast and you made the point that, you know, it's it's not so early in the season anymore. No, you know, mean, we're, at, we're at the end of summer, we're going into autumn, we're, yeah. you know, eight games on the board, we're getting to that 10 game mark now. Yeah. And I think this is the stage of the season where people perhaps start to look at league tables because they start to take shape a little bit more. So the fans would probably be looking at where Argyle are yeah. and already looking at the gap to a position of safety. Yeah, I think a lot of managers tend to say, I don't look at tables until 10 games in, something along those sort of lines, isn't it? And that's probably a fair assessment. So we're eight games in, you know, sometimes, you know, in the first month or so of the season, you know, if you're not going well, well, it's still early in the season, you know. But we're eight games out of 46. Clearly, there's an awful lot of games to go. But, um, you know, give it, a, give it a few weeks and we'll be at the quarterway stage of the season already. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's not cause for major concern at the moment. But, you know, no wins... Um, three points and four goals from eight league games. You, you know you can't dress that up in a particularly good way, can you? That's not a good start to the season, and um, things have to have to change. They have to start putting points on the board. They need to start scoring goals. You know, Derek Adams. You know, was asked after the game on Saturday, "What do our goal need to do? What needs to be done to turn things around?" And he was very much um, along the lines of, "We need to be more clinical with our chances." Um, and that was a point that he made two or three times in his post-match press conference. And being, you know, it's 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 one of those things. It's simple to say we've got to be more clinical. Absolutely, yeah. But you know, if confidence, confidence isn't is there, yeah, it's it's one of those easier said than done, isn't it? You know, you yeah. know, be more clinical, score goals. It sounds simple, but it's it's scoring goals is the hardest part of football absolutely isn't it? yeah I mean we're coming up with all the old cliches so we are. you said earlier on yeah. they're cliches because they're invariably true aren't they you know football's full of cliches and, and sometimes yeah. you're a bit reluctant to use them but often there is a very large degree of truth behind them isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely mm. um, we spoke about the Bristol Rovers game as well and even before that we were talking about the importance of Argyle working on a back four and getting, mm. getting a, mm. a settled back four and having that in place and giving them something to build on mm. um, of course we got the point up at Bristol Rovers and then the game on Saturday five minutes in yeah. Mark uh, Canavan gets injured and yeah. Derek Adams has to make an enforced change which from his point of view is the last thing he wants no that Probably contributed a little bit to the slow start Argyle had, had made in that game. Although I think they were they they weren't you know on the ball from the first kickoff. But you know losing a losing a player after five minutes is 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 not a good situation to be in. It's unfortunate for Niall Canavan because he's he's had injury problems over the last year or two. Um, it was a groin injury. Hopefully it's not too severe. Um, haven't uh, been able to speak to Derek Adams since Saturday to find out any more about that injury. Um, Scott Wooten came on and, and played um, he has played that left-sided centre-back role this season already but I think he is more suited to playing on the right so that's a, a little bit unbalanced there and um, yeah the defence is, is, is just not gelling um, at the moment uh, Canavan's injury came after uh, Jamie Ness and Connor Grant were both ruled out on Saturday as well they picked up injuries in training last week um, Derek Adams said that uh, after the game that 
they might only be a week or so away, but you know you're never quite sure. You know the exact length of time um, they'll be out. Again, Jamie Ness has had injury problems in the past with Argyle. When he's fit and and healthy, he's he's a very you know key important player for for Argyle. So they certainly would want him back in the team uh, as soon as possible. Whether Conor Grant would have played anyway on Saturday, if even if he hadn't been injured, because uh, Joel Grant came into the side, I, I think it's debatable. But Jamie Ness, they they certainly won't want him to be out for very long. And if Niall Canavan is going to be out for for a period of time, then you know Derek Adams is going to have to consider, you know, does he play Scott Wooten in that position, but maybe not in his preferred position? Do you try playing Gary Sawyer back there again? Peter Grant, the summer signing that hasn't been in the matchday squad at all. You know, do you have to, you know, start considering him and give him a chance and see what he can do in the starting lineup? So that, you know, when you when you're struggling to convert chances and your your back four is 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 a bit all over the place, it's it's not again a good position to be in. No, you mentioned Peter Grant there. Yeah. I mean, why why do you think he hasn't been involved so far? This because season? he's uh, his performances in games and in training haven't been better than the, the players have been that have been picked ahead of him. Um, uh, you know, get the chance to see, speak to Derek Adams, uh, you know, reasonably regularly, and ask him about you know the likes of Peter Grant and and Callum Dyson, the striker who hasn't yeah, played, yeah. and and people are sort of saying, well, what's, what's why is Dyson not playing? Why is Peter Grant not playing? And and the simple answer from Derek Adams is that other players have been doing better than they are. Now he he this is one of my always ones I come back to in the podcast I know, but Derek Adams sees him in training every yeah. day. He sees him in all the games, and and if he felt that they should be in the team. I'm sure they would be in the team, but but they're not. So um, his argument when it comes to people like Peter Grant and Callum Dyson is that they've got to prove they're better players um, than the ones in the team, and they can only do that by training well and when they play in games, impressing. Uh, I'm sure they'll get their chances, Peter Grant and Callum Dyson, because you know eventually, if things aren't working, they you know yeah. Derek Adams will turn to them, and it's one of those ones that if you're one of those players out of the squad at the moment. There are a couple of injuries now knocking around, so you know things could change. You know, if you get your chance, you have to be ready to take it. Indeed, um, it was around this stage of the season last year, of course, mm. where um, Derek Adams turned to the free agent market and yeah. brought in Tumani mm. Diagaraga. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> forgotten how to say it. <laughs> so um, and he came in and had such an impact on he the did. team, didn't he? I mean, mm. we knew at the time as well that. You know, when we looked at the squad, we kind of felt that Argyle needed a defensive midfielder. Yep. When you look at the squad now, mm. and we're getting, you know, obviously mm. he can still turn to free agents. Mm. Do you think there's an area of the squad that Derek Adams will perhaps look at and look to address in the same way as he did last year with Tamani? Um, I'm sure there are areas of the squad he would like to address, um, but I asked him about free agents and would there be anybody. Uh, any prospects of anybody coming in and, uh, and no was the answer I think uh, you know the budget is has been used you know and so uh, the only way things would change is if more money is given to him um, there's not always going to be a, a big pool of free agents although as Tumani Diagaraga proved last season you can find free agents available um, that can be very effective um, so what you know? There's there's two or three players at Argyle that aren't playing at the moment, and I'm I'm thinking Lionel Ainsworth and Greg Wild. And uh, now whether there comes a situation where, particularly Ainsworth, he, he's not even in the squad at all. You know, if if he's not going to be playing, do Argyle try and come to some arrangement with him where his contract is is settled? 
um, he leaves um, and then that frees up a space in the squad Argyle save themselves a little bit of money and um, and maybe somebody could bring in somebody could come in in that way um, I know some people say well if, if they've got Ainsworth and, and Wild and, and Peter Grant and Callum Dyson why do they keep them why does Derek Adams keep them if he's not going to use them but the, the simple answer to that is they are under contract yeah. and even if you're not using them you still have to pay them and um, you know unless somebody takes them off your hands one way or the other you're committed to having them for, for the season so it's it's not as simple as uh, unfortunately from a from a Largo point of view maybe you know it's not as simple as saying well if they're not playing get rid of them you, no. you can't get rid of there's, there's going to be a cost implication if yeah. you want to move people away I think when we look back at the summer as well we were you know talking on the desk and we sort of felt that Argo would perhaps look to move those two on and yes. create a space yes. in the squad I mean yep. Greg Wilde obviously ended last season on loan out of uh, Morecambe yep. um, Ainsworth didn't really ever settle in the first team at all so it's probably an area of the mm. squad that Adams would yes. perhaps like to have, you um, know, release those two and I mean, I think we were hoping that, that Matt Kennedy might come back or yeah, something like that, that. And, and Ainsworth. I mean, Greg Wilde is, is around about the squads. You know, he was on the bench on Saturday. Um, so he's, he's not a million miles away. Um, although the way that the team are playing again at the moment is just not suited to a, an out-and-out winger. And both the wingers, of course. Mm. So. Uh, and the line of Ainsworth just isn't featuring. And, mm. you know, um, it's a difficult situation all round because... He's not, he doesn't look close to playing at the moment, um, so it can't be any fun for him. But equally, you know, he is under, he is under contract, you know, and um, you know, it's, it's one of those where you do wonder if at some point in time, you know, they're, they're going to have to sit down and have a conversation um, with the likes of the line Lanesworth and say that you're not playing, the chances are you're not going to be playing. You know, can we reach some sort of agreement where you know we pay out part of your contract? Um, you move on and then it frees up a little bit maybe for Argyle to try and explore the free agent market but um, like I say when I spoke to Derek Adams about it, uh, it was about a week ago I think he, he, he didn't sound as though there would be any any incomes in, incomings because because of the budget situation Yeah, I, I was doing the fan roundup yesterday looking mm. at Twitter and it was quite incredible actually because there was a real strong feeling that Adams needs to turn to some of his tried and tested players. I mm. mean, the names of um, mm. Lemires, mm. Taylor, they were thrown about so regularly yesterday when I was mm. looking at, at mm. the reaction and fans saying, you know, why is mm. he not playing them? Mm. As we saw last season, our goal did so well with Kerry, Lemires and Ryan Taylor as a front three. Yep. When they're struggling to score goals, I know you've said Ladapo's been playing okay, yep. but as you say, four goals in eight games is not good enough and sometimes maybe he has to sacrifice Ladapo yep. to bring those three in and, and try and get our goal going again. And, and that's what he did in the second half against Blackpool. Ladapo came off, Lemires um, and Taylor came on as subs at the same time and then I think for a very rare time this season you, you had Carey, Taylor, Lemires and Sarsavik all on the pitch at the same time which was sort of the, the attacking mm. nucleus from, from last season's team. Um, so you do wonder, and, and I thought without sort of excelling, because let's face it, they were on the pitch for half an hour and Argyle still ended up losing the game, but I think Lemires and Taylor did make a difference. Um, and so you do wonder if Derek Adams' next step is to try and go back to that that formation, you know, um, you know, give them a, a bit of a run and see if they can rediscover the, the form they showed. Um, 
Ramirez, you know, didn't start the season brilliantly. I don't think he was he was terrible at the start of the season, but he didn't start the season particularly well and and soon dropped out of the side. Ryan Taylor missed a lot of pre-season, and, and you wonder how match fit he is. And but then again, you're never going to get properly match fit if you don't play games. Um, Graham Carey, by his own admission, you know, hasn't been playing to the standards he would expect. Um, but you do wonder if we've got to the point eight games in where you think, well. They did work last season as a, as a trio. Obviously, the opposition know about their strengths and, and what they can bring, but is it, is it time to give those three another run and uh, see if they can click and uh, get some magic? So I think that the double substitution with Ramirez and Taylor coming on against Blackpool was interesting. Maybe that is a sign that you know Derek Adams is thinking, yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that route, yeah. try that route again. It's certainly interesting because I don't, I can't think of any other time this season where those three have played together. It's, you know, uh, first game of the season. Um, I'm trying to think the second game. I think they, I think the Mirrors and Taylor, off the top of my head, and I could be wrong, have started two league games this season, and they were the first two games of the season, Warsaw and Southend, and then um, they dropped out of the side, and then you know, not been on the pitch at the same time. The three of them very often um, since then. So um, yeah, if if Argyle fans that want to see the the Carey, Ramirez, Taylor trio again, you know, we we might be getting close to that. Um, whether Charlton or Athletic away next Saturday is that time, because that potentially could be quite a difficult game. Whether you want those three in that particular game, I don't know, but it, I think it's definitely within Derek Adams' mind. And why wouldn't it be? Because it worked so well this yeah. last season. I think again, you know, if you asked him if he was sat here now, he would say that the three of them haven't performed as, as, they, as well as they did last season. And because they've not performed as well, he's looked at other players to see if he can um, improve mm. on, on what he's got. And, you know, Ladipo's done, done well. I thought he was a bit unlucky to be substituted on Saturday because he's, he's working hard, he's pace and mobility. But they've got to find a, um, a combination that works in the back and they've got to find a combination that works up front. And, you know, we know that in the past... Carey, Lamirez, and Taylor has worked, so yeah. maybe the time's now to, to look at it. It's a shame for Ladapo because, you mm. know, as you say, he didn't play that badly on no, Saturday. He didn't. No. But sometimes mm. you have to sacrifice one of the best players in order to get needs the, must. the permutations needs you must. want on the got, pitch. You've got to find. It's, it's the biggest challenge, I think, for Derek Adams is finding a, a combination in defence and, and up front that clicks and, and then works, and it, it hasn't happened so far yet. No. One final thing on Saturday's game, yeah. um, towards the end, it, I was there <laughs> at home watching um, Soccer Saturday, and yeah. two, a double sending off, yeah. both for violent conduct, I was yeah. wondering what was going on, and then yeah. sure enough I see the highlights, and one of those rare mm. scenarios where two Blackpool players start arguing amongst themselves, a few handbags yeah. are thrown, and the red cards are waved in their faces. Have you, have you ever seen anything like that before, Chris? You've oh, been... that's a good question, I'm sure I have. Um, nothing springs to mind off the top of there. I can, I can remember seeing it in the Premier League with yeah. Lee Bowyer and Kieran yeah. Dyer that time. That's yeah. the only time I, I can uh, really... And didn't Graham Lasso and David Batty ever come together right, yeah. With, uh, yeah. at Blackburn? I can't really think of too many examples of that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure red cards should be issued for, for, for stuff like that. I really don't. I mean, it counts as violent conduct. Um, Two player, two teammates having a disagreement when their their team's under pressure at the end of a game and they're desperate to hang on to their lead. I, I don't know if it, if it's me. I, I just you know talking to someone like that. You know, you know, there's no 
Blackpool could do, deal with, dealt with that if they felt that was an issue. I, I'm just not sure red cards need to be handed out for that. Um, as it was so late in the game, you know, Argyle didn't really have much of a chance to to make up for it. But you know, if it had been with ten minutes to go or something like that, yeah. and they played with nine men and they'd ended up not winning or losing the game, I think that would have been harsh. I mean, you can't have players I, I know sort of whacking each other, uh, even though they're teammates. But I, I'm, you know, two teammates who are fighting. To not literally fight. Two teammates who are working extremely hard to try and make sure their team win the game in the closing stages. Mm. I'm, I'm just not sure a red card no. is merited in those situations. Well, it just seems it's a real shame that the cameras didn't capture exactly oh, yeah. what happened because yeah. you know by all accounts I've read mm. the the comments from the Blackpool manager mm. and he said they were just mm. having a disagreement. Mm. So there's no yeah. footage or no one seems to have seen any punches thrown no well. I don't you know whether they were pushing and shoving or grabbed each other or whatever no one really knows I mean uh, uh, where we are now in the Barn Park end yeah, the couldn't press, away, we couldn't have been further away so it's very difficult to tell when, when uh, incidents like that are happening but I'm just not sure a red card is warranted for two players from the same team having a, having a disagreement yeah. and you know, as as I understand it, and presumably this is the case, if they're sent off for violent conduct, they will get three match bans. Yeah. So they've got two of their four defenders going to miss the next three games, which again to me seems, you know, over the top for for the incident. But you know, them's the rules. Indeed, and mm. I suppose though, if they were throwing punches, and the referee did see them throwing punches, yeah, I suppose if they're if they're throwing punches, you know, it's literally a brawl between yeah. two players. Then 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 that. Is, is fair enough but uh, from what some, I read and heard it, it sounded more like pushing, pushing and shoving, shoving and, yeah. and you know I'm not sure pushing and shoving two players yeah, that happens sometimes yeah. you know in the heat of the moment when, when you, you're trying to achieve something in a football game you, you, you do lose your rag with a teammate but if you feel that that teammate's not followed a run or made the header that you should have done or made the tackle but I'm not sure that then should lead to, um, to violent conduct and red cards but no it did seem a little excessive. It will make life difficult for them in the next few games Absolutely, if they're missing. Because, yeah. uh, you know, just one thing to mention, Blackpool, they've played four away league games this season and they haven't conceded a goal. Really? And, and Daniels and Bowler have been a big part of that. So mm. that, that, that's a, that could be, you know, a, a really, you know, costly uh, repercussion for Blackpool from, from, uh, from an incident which, you know, sh- shouldn't really have come to it. Yeah, and credit to them as well. I mean, we spoke last week about, you know, Blackpool, how important it was for our goals to try and win that game. Mm. And we said, you know, it's not going to be easy because they had a very good record. And I think that's uh, five wins and four draws now since McPhillips has uh, no, gone in there as caretaker manager. They've only lost once. No, they, they, they were decent. Alfonso caused Joe Riley all sorts of problems on, on Blackpool's left, Argyle's right. Um, that tightened up a bit as the game went on, but he, he was sharp. I mean, yeah, they, they looked a, a reasonable team. I wouldn't say they're, they're outstanding, um, you know, in the second half. Argyle with, with better finishing and a bit more confidence and belief and whatever could could easily have turned the game around. But you you can't not you know the season that Blackpool the start to the season that Blackpool have had when especially when you consider all the off the pitch you know ruckus that seems to be perennially surrounding yeah. that football club. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Saturday then, or, mm. or just looking ahead. I mean mm. you know we're, t- we're talking about getting to that ten game mark mm. now, and it certainly doesn't get any easier for for Argyle, does it? They've got Charlton away on Saturday, who are seventh. Then that's followed by Doncaster at home, who are fifth, and then Barnsley away, who are third. So, um, you know, these are really testing times. No easy points there, are there? No easy points at all. And, uh, yeah, this is where, you know, the squad's got to come together. 
the managers have got to get a plan, the squad have got to come together, they've all got to get on the same page, they're going to have to roll their sleeves up, they're going to have to ride their luck and they're going to have to um, find a way out of this. No one's going to give them uh, anything easily. Um, some of these players and the manager have been through this near identical situation last year, so it's not a new experience for them. They have got that that knowledge to know that they can turn it around, um, but it's not going to be easy. Just because they did it last season doesn't mean that it's no, going to happen right. this, this year, and they're going to have to work very hard, and they're going to have to have a little bit of luck along the way. But those those next three games certainly don't look particularly easy. Although you know, when you're bottom of the table, they seem what, a lot harder what, again. What, don't they? You know, what game is easy? Yeah. You know, when you're scratching around still without a win. Um, I suppose what you'd say is if you go to, say, Charlton on Saturday and you get a win there, what a good fillet that would be because um, there's probably not going to be many people expecting Argyle to go to the Valley on Saturday and, um, and get, a, get a win. You know, Charlton have, uh, you know, again, another club that seemed to be uh, having a lot of problems off the pitch, but, but Lee Bowyer, who's been finally appointed as a permanent manager after quite a while as a caretaker manager while there was a sort of ownership limbo, um, situation going on, you know, it seems to be doing a decent job. They've got some good players. They, you know, for example, they got in uh, Lyle Taylor, didn't they, from yeah. AFC Wimbledon in the summer? So, you know, they've got um, they've got some good players there. So, it's a tough run of games for Argyle, you know, and um, you know, they need to turn things around. They need to start putting points on the board. Um, you know, these aren't easy games, but like I say, at some point in time, they are going to have to through a bit of luck, good fortune, uh, hard work, discipline, you know, players returning to form, two or three of those things are going to have to start clicking in for them to, to, to pick up the points and start moving up the table. Yeah, I don't like to keep harping on about last season mm. and because I think it's a dangerous thing to keep yep. talking about it and expecting the same thing to happen again. Yep. But they did go to Bradford last year, didn't they, when Bradford were riding high, yep. Argo was struggling and um, yep. they managed to get a win up there, so yep. maybe, maybe Yorkshire's where it will <laughs> turn around. Maybe, I mean, Barnsley on a Tuesday night, you know, Barnsley have, have had a good start to the season, relegated obviously last season, you know, Tuesday night up in South Yorkshire is, is not, is not going to be um, the, the easiest of prospects, but um, no, those three games are tough, tough, tough games, uh, but like I say, I'll go back to the point of view, you know, that you know, when you're not winning, there is there is there's no cheap points. Nobody's no. going to give you anything. You you can't afford to feel sorry for yourselves. This is where it is a test of character. And and you're right. You can't help but go back to last season because it's so recent. And in many ways, what's happening now is is, is similar to yeah. to last season. But um, so yes, we know that it is it is possible for Argyle to turn this around. Um, we saw it last season. So yes, it is possible. Will it happen this season? Is it easy for it to happen? No, of course it's not easy for it to happen. It was. It, it, it took them what a month or two of grinding results out, yeah. and then it clicked around Christmas time. It's, um, like, it's like a train, isn't it? You yeah. know, it takes a while for the train to get going, but yeah. once it does, it's uh, it's a hard so hard thing to stop. That's where you hoped Bristol Rovers would have been the building block. Then they would have got a win against Blackpool by hook or by crook, and then four points from two games, and then you've got a bit of momentum. But losing to Blackpool, you know, the point against Bristol Rovers, you know, then doesn't seem so good. And um, and here we are, middle of September, you know, debating about when the first win of the season is going to come. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult times. There's no no getting away around it. But there's, there's players and the manager that went through this last season and they need to draw on their experiences from there and, uh, you know, 
try and uh, pass that on with the players that have come in in the summer and build from there. Um, but you could probably hope for easier games coming up than Charlton away, Doncaster at home and Barnsley away to try and do that. And I think what Argyle fans should remember as well is that they, they, they've probably got the right man in charge as well to turn it all around. You know? Yeah, I mean, we live in an age, don't we, you know, where if you're not winning games as a football manager, there's always going to be people out yeah. there saying that there should be a change of manager. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we could talk about this every week to a, to a yeah. certain degree. Um, Managers, you know, Derek Adams has been fifth, second, and seventh in the last three seasons at yeah, Argyle. I think that should um, be remembered. He's got a he's got a proven record. Is it going well this season? No. Has he got um, a settled team and a settled formation? No. Um, but his track record and what he's done, you know, to me, makes him exactly the right man for the job. There will always be people that disagree. There will always be people say we need to change manager and this that and the other, but. You know, to my mind, I think they've got they've got a more than capable manager to get them out of this trouble that they're in. Um, but you know, clearly, you know, he he needs to try and somehow find a settled side, and you know, form dictates that, injuries dictate that, um, and results dictate that. And um, that, to me, is is the you know, try and find you know a regular centre back pairing, mm. pairing, try and get their attack sorted out. Try and find some bits that you can build the rest of the team around. At the moment, what in the Argyle team do you build around? There isn't really anything there at the moment with the way the results gone and the players are performing that you can say, well, look, at least we've got that which you can work yeah. around. Um, you know, it'd be great if we could get a regular centre back pair in and, and, and get the attacking sorted out, and then you can fill in from there. But. Um, yeah, there's a lot to work on. For, yeah. for their well, I remember we, we, we spoke, I think it was before, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but yeah. um, I think I put you on the spot and said, what would you do if you were the manager? And I, I said yeah. afterwards, I think what I'd do is do the same as you, yeah. with the set of back four, yeah. and then revert back to the yeah. front three of Ramirez, Carey and Taylor, because as, yeah. as we knew from last season, yeah. it's something that worked well. So, by the sounds of it, it sounds yeah. as though that's possibly it's, what Derek Adams could do on it, Saturday. It, it, yeah, it's, it, we could be sort of inching towards that, couldn't we? Yeah. But... Um, you know, I go back to what we said. You know, I said to Derek Adams a couple of weeks ago. You know, do you know what your settled team is? And he said, Yes, I know. He basically said, Yes, I know what it is. Oh, I know what my best team is. But those best players aren't performing to the standards that I need them to to be in the team. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you've tried out a lot of players, and a fair amount of players have got a chance this season, not everyone, because you know Ainsworth and Peter Grant and Cam Dyson haven't been involved, but there's probably 20 players that have had a, a, had a crack this season. Yeah. And there's not really many of them that could hand on heart say that they have made it impossible for the manager not to pick them. What that also says, though, is... Um if you play well enough in training, you'll get a chance. Yeah. You know, Derek Adams is very much, yeah. pretty much saying that, really. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, there, there are opportunities, and when people come into the team, they've got to take them. Um, but, you know, when you, when you look at the performances each week, we have, I do the ratings. There's not been many eights and nines out of ten this season. Yeah. There's not been many standout performers this season. You know, there's been a, a few sevens, a few sixes, far too many fives and fours for for the liking sort of thing and yeah. um, the manager has, has got to come up with a, a tactics and formation and a set side and the players have got to perform to a better level than they are doing at the moment and uh, you know if it was an easy fix they wouldn't be on three points after no, eight games there's, 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 a, there's a fair bit of work to be gone into it yet yeah that's right 
Okay, well, Chris, thanks ever so much for joining me on the show. That's My pleasure, Stu. Thanks for this week. Hopefully, you'll be a bit more positive soon. Yes, well, we've got Charlton next Saturday, so that's um, a, a, that would be you know the Valley's a fantastic stadium, yeah. so uh, yeah. there's not many better places in League One to get your first win of this. You know, it'd be a good time and a good place to get it. That's for that's sure. right, indeed. And um, thanks to you out there for listening. As I say, we'll be back again next week with more of the same. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.